You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 32. Three tips to make this summer the best ever. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Summer is upon us, my friends. Whether your kids are already out of school, they're getting out of school this week, or they have a couple of weeks left, it's almost here. And I have to say that I really admire moms who feel giddy about their kids being out of school for the summer and excited to spend every day with them because I kind of shudder in fear a little bit when I think about summer coming because we just do so much better in my house with schedules and breaks from each other and facing the open schedule of the summer is a little bit scary for me, but ready or not, here it comes. I'm so glad, though, that we have a guest today who has three tips to make this summer the best ever, because I really need that. And if other people made that promise, I would probably just roll my eyes and think, yeah, right. Uh, But I have been following Jamie Cook from the Instagram account Wander and Scout for long enough to know that she just might deliver the goods today on three tips to make this the best summer ever. Her account is one of my very, very favorites to follow because she has so many genuinely brilliant little hacks and tips for moms that are really doable. And she has an adventurous spirit and she posts ideas for other moms who want to add a bit of magic to the normal routine. But she also totally gets it and gets real about the hard times and the times that inevitably come along with trying to build a meaningful family culture and family life. She has four kids and so much wisdom to share. So Jamie, welcome to 3 and 30 podcast. Rachel, that was the nicest introduction ever. Thank you. And thank you for having me on. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on. I've been wanting to have you for a couple of months and I've had several requests for an episode of how to manage the summer And I thought that you would be the perfect person for that. And I just have to ask you up front, are you a mom who's giddy about summer with your kids or who's scared about summer with your kids? You know, I I think I fall into, I probably lean more into the giddy section. But that being said, I also am so aware that there's like this vast learning curve to figuring out how to sort of like catch our rhythm at the beginning of summer. And I find it usually takes us a good 10 days to two weeks before we're like, okay, we're in our groove and and now we're loving it. There's a a shock there at the beginning, I think, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I do think just knowing that, that there's a shock there and that it's going to take a little bit of time is really helpful to just like stay in the positive mindset, like expect that, plan for it. On day five, when you're like, how am I going to do this for the rest of the summer? <laughs> Just say, it's going to get better. We're going to get there and believe that. And then things will can only go up from there, right? 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I love these three tips that you have for us on making the summer the best ever, because I do want to point out that 
um, this would be that these would work for moms who are working as well. So not all moms are going to be home all day, every day with their kids. But um, the three tips that you chose, I think, really work for moms in any situation and even just for weekends and holiday breaks when families are together. These are really good things to remember. I'm really glad that you mentioned that, Rachel, because sometimes I hesitate to share things that work for me because I'm like, I don't want other people to think um, that it has to, you know, that my way has to work for them. So some of these are kind of bigger umbrella ideas that hopefully will be able to be customizable for all moms who are in different sort of stages of life with their kids and different stages of working or not working or whatever. So hopefully, hopefully there'll be good takeaways. Yes, they are. I've already seen them in advance and they are. So I'm excited. Um, Why don't you just go right ahead and share your first takeaway? Okay. So if my first takeaway sounds super simple, but it's so helpful, it's to first get up and get dressed. And that applies to the kids too. get myself dressed, get the kids dressed and do hair first thing in the morning. The reason is because if we don't do it in the first five minutes, I, I kid you not, it will take us five hours to get ready for the day. Literally. Um, I'm only laughing we, because it's so true. Right? It's like if we do it, just basically we – I try and sort of uh, just kind of set a precedence where the kids don't come downstairs till they're dressed. And it's not something that's like I'm ruling with an iron fist or anything. It's more of just like our family culture. They know they just get dressed and then they come downstairs. And it's great because otherwise, first of all, it sort of sets the tone for the day. I think that when when everyone's up and dressed and their hair is done, I honestly think that kids behave better for mm-hmm. real. Yeah. And I behave better. If, if, if it's 11 o'clock and I'm still like lounging in my pajamas, I kind of feel like gross and slovenly and lazy. Um, and I maybe I misbehave myself, you know. Um, but when we're all just up and dressed and ready to go, we can – we can get out the door easier too, which ha- like a lot of my success, I think, or my happiness is tied to being able to get out the door and not feel like trapped and stuck at home. Mm-hmm. If you get an invitation, you guys are just ready to go do whatever that's fun. And I completely agree about it changes the way you feel about yourself when you're when you're ready for the day instead of like unbrushed teeth and oh, um, yeah. sitting around in pajamas. And I actually think that um, <laughs> I don't know if I should admit this, but I feel <laughs> like I'm like more patient with my kids when they like look a little cuter, which is terrible. Oh. But I'm like, oh, look at how cute she is versus like, look at what a little slob she is, you know? <laughs> That's Rachel, that's not something you should feel terrible about. I feel like this is like a known fact. My friend Jen Iverson and I would always talk about this. She's like, I like my kids better when they're they're dressed cute. I'm like, (laughs) that's fair enough. I got to (laughs) agree. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like fashion plate in the latest styles, but when they at least like have their faces wiped off and they're like not covered in food and I'm like, okay, I like you guys. So I think that is a great tip. And I love the idea of just making it a habit before they even come downstairs or before like my, my kids and I try um, to lay out their clothes the night before and they just know before they come out of their rooms to just put their clothes on. I am, we're not very good at always enforcing that. And I want to be this summer because I think it would make a big difference. Totally. And I think that there's those days where it feels great to be lazy and have a lazy morning and, and, and lounge around. And by by no means am I not saying there's a place for that too. But 
for a day-to-day summer, this is just oh, something that works so great for us. Mm-hmm. Great. And then what's your second takeaway? So my second takeaway take is to sort of troubleshoot before summer even starts and sort of identify what some of the trouble areas are that make summer difficult, right? Mm -hmm. So let me just give an example. Um, For me, when I think about summer coming, I think about feeding my children Mm -hmm. Mm, (laughs) 24-7. And it just feels like I just feel like I'm standing in the kitchen all day long, kind of. And so rather than just getting sucked into the same problems that are recurring, um, I'm all about taking a step back and looking at my mom life and thinking, okay, what things can I change or tweak or what systems can I put in place to make things better so that I'm not a victim to these same problems, right? So one thing that I've thought about for me, and again, feeding kids is just one example of me of me troubleshooting. Um, but I, my, right now I'm trying to get my pantry all organized and stocked like a snack shack sort of where there's relatively healthy grab and go snacks that they can get in between meals if they say they're hungry. And then I'm doing the same in my fridge and having like a little, um, little refrigerated snack shack that has grab and go things like string cheese and go-gurts and little baggies of baby carrots, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that can just kind of simplify that one area for me. Great. And what about like meals? Do you, do you have a good system for actual dinners during the summer that you kind of rotate or how do you do that? Mm, I need a better system. If you come up with one, Rachel, you just let me know. <laughs> if I come up with one, then that will be like a true miracle from heaven because that is like the <laughs> hardest thing for me is uh, coming up with meals. Yeah. Well, another thing that my friend um, Melanie Burke, she, I feel like I'm always quoting Melanie. I'm probably going to quote her again later in this podcast, but she was just talking about how, you know, another issue that I'm like to have to troubleshoot is the water cup situation. Like if there is another water cup request or another cup somewhere like on, on another table of countertop surface in my house, I just will lose it sometimes in the summer. And so she was talking about um, that they just have their like little, um, Nalgene water bottles or something. And each of their kids have one. And every day they run them through the dishwasher and every day they get them out of the dishwasher, fill them with water, put them in the fridge and they don't even deal with water cups for the kids. And they have their cold water ready for their next adventure. And I'm just like, you know what? That's a perfect example of troubleshooting a problem that's consistently arising and nipping it in the bud and circumventing that completely with a, a better solution. Yeah, I love that. And we did that last summer and we cleared a certain rack in the refrigerator that was for those water bottles. So they kind of had a home, you know, so we would put them back there every night. And if the kids wondered where they were, um, they could find them there. Or, I mean, it was great because if they wanted to drink, I would make them wander the house to find their color water bottle. You know, I'm like, I don't know where it is. Go find your water bottle. So they would wander around and find it. Responsibility in the process. So that's great. Yeah. I do think though, sometimes in order for that to work, um, I have to hide all of the other cups. Otherwise the default is to still just go for a cup. And so, I'm like, maybe I just take all of the other cups and hide them on a high shelf somewhere for a little while till we get into that habit. I, I like your thinking. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, so one other thing too I was going to mention about troubleshooting is 
I think another thing that just is sort of exhausting about, well, not sort of exhausting, for sure exhausting about summer is just the 24-7 nature of not being able to have a predictable break with your kids. And um, so that's another thing that I've tried to do in the past is schedule a babysitter um, just to be able to come on a certain day at a certain time consistently um, so that I can run my errands or just meet a friend for lunch or something. Um, And I find that having a predictable reward you know, knowing, okay, every Tuesday from one to four, I'm going to meet a friend for lunch and go run my errands. That helps me so much too, to kind of get through some of the, the, those long days of summer. Oh, I love that. I am so pro having a babysitter at least one day a week or a few hours a week to get that time alone. And I do feel like if you're in a stage of life where you can't afford to pay a babysitter, then work out a swap with a friend. And like, so, you know, every Tuesday she will have my kids. And then on Thursday I will have hers to make sure that you're getting that break and some time to yourself, some sanity time. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if you're still, like you said, running errands, you're still doing stuff for your home just being able to do it by yourself one day a week is huge in the summertime and anytime, I feel like. Amen. And I also wanted to add about this point about troubleshooting. Um, to You said to do it, you know, before the summer starts or maybe a weekend um, <laughs> once you've seen some problems arise. But then I'd also say maybe stop and do it midsummer when you're feeling really burned out. Take take an afternoon off and, you know, when that babysitter's there or an evening when your husband or someone can be with them and just think, okay, why am I so burned out? What is, what is so hard right now? And what can I do about it? Like, are there tweaks I can make to my systems or the schedule or the environment in our home? You know, even things like, um, are there certain bins of toys that I find myself picking up? like a hundred times a day because my kids are dumping them instead of just being frustrated by that, just hide that bin of toys for the rest of the summer. (laughs) As you can tell, I'm into hiding things, Um, (laughs) but just like remove those things and figure out a way to um, bring some sanity back. And so that you're not just stuck in this hard, frustrating place. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. I love that example too. And I think as moms, it's like, it's, I know I spend a lot of time talking about my problems, (laughs) stressing about my problems, discussing them with all my friends and my mom and this is so hard and this is so hard. And I don't spend as much time really assessing how I can change them. Right. It's like, sometimes we're just so in the weeds of mothering and it's sort of in the trenches that we can't really get an aerial view to see, okay, all right, here, you know, here's X, Y, and Z that could actually be solutions to some of these problems that we keep running up against over and over and over. So I like what you said about, you know, even going, even hiring a babysitter to just go and go up to the mountains and just sit by yourself and kind of like reflect for a little bit and try and come up with solutions. Yes. Oh, so important. And then what is your third takeaway? So my third takeaway is to dare I use the word schedule? I don't like the word schedule. Um, Create a framework for your days. Mm -hmm. Let's call it that. Framework sounds looser. Um, 
the reason I don't like the word schedule is because our school year is so dang scheduled that what I'm looking forward to about summer is being free from that schedule. But we still, most of us still thrive with some sort of framework, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that it's important for us each to assess what's best for us and our family, right? So I think that there's some people feel oh pressured to sign up for all these camps and to do all these things because that's what their friends or neighbors are doing or that's what you, you feel like pressured into doing when really maybe the best thing for your family would be to have less structured time and less things that you've got to taxi your kids to. And then on the other hand, I think some people, like you were saying, really need that structure to be able to thrive in summer. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's great for us as to each kind of identify, all right, which which category do I fall into? And let me go with my my gut on what what what's best for our, for our family as far as scheduling goes. I think the word you might be looking for is rhythm. Create a rhythm for the summer. Rhythm. I love it. That's the word. Rhythm. So I had a guest on at the beginning of my podcast. I think it was episode seven about creating a more peaceful home. And she talked about this idea from, I think it was from the book Simplicity Parenting about creating a rhythm in our homes. So it's not as rigid as a schedule, but it's like um, the the routine and the rhythm and the flow of how your home runs and how you get up in the morning, how you wake your home up, she talks about, and then how you put your home to sleep. And then each day has a rhythm of what they do. Like Monday is library day and Tuesday is hike day or whatever. Um, and that's what she called a rhythm. And I loved that when she described that. I love, I love that word. That is the word that I was looking for. I've found, I've now found it. Thank you. Um, let me give an example of what a rhythm that worked, that has worked for us in the past. Um, when my kids, it was really, it was two summers ago when my kids were a little bit younger, but a rhythm that we really liked was my kids would get up get dressed first thing and get their jobs, eat breakfast and get their jobs done. And, and then we, I try and put like a time limit on when their job needs to be done by so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't become the thing that you're nagging all day long. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it would be like, you know, jobs need to be done by, you know, 9 a.m. or whatever. That was before my kids were sleeping in, so it doesn't work anymore. Um, and then and then we had adventure time where I got to I, I got to take them to do something fun. And then we, we'd come home, we would do quiet time and reading time. And then afternoons were friend play time before mm-hmm. dinner. And that rhythm was so awesome for, for us. It worked really great. I didn't feel tied down to like a tight schedule or anything, but we were able to kind of balance our chores with fun, with adventure, with, you know, getting some reading, academic time in with, and then quiet time for me, which oh. helped regroup in those long, long summer days. Jamie, I'm so glad you mentioned quiet time because I was going to mention it. I... Like, I think it is essential. If moms aren't already doing quiet time with their kids, I like you must. I feel like, um, and I know so many moms listening are probably like, my kids would never do it. My kids would never stay in their rooms. But if you start small with even like a five minute quiet time, and then you move it to 10 minutes and 15. I promise you, like I have two of the most strong-willed kids and 
really, like really. And they do an hour of quiet time a day and they stay in their rooms and they have special toys that only come out during quiet time. And my daughter has a little clock that turns green, like it lights up green when the hour's over. So she knows. Mm. And um, yeah, there's a whole article on power of moms that April Perry wrote about how to get your kids to do quiet time. And I will link it that I has so many ideas because I cannot emphasize enough. And April says that she did it with her kids all the way up. Like even when they were preteens, everybody in the house took a quiet time and takes a quiet time. If they're not out on an adventure or something, if they're home, everybody at after lunch takes a quiet time and takes a little break. One thing I'll add to the quiet time too is um, I think quiet time in the summer can also be like all the kids watching a movie in the basement. Yes. And, you know, I think that counts too. And uh, so just, you know, whatever works that everyone can have a little bit of downtime and time out of the hot sun and time to just kind of regroup a little bit. And I'm really glad you mentioned that about TV because I know there's so much pressure on moms to limit screen time in the summer, which amen, we all feel that way. But I also want to emphasize that when used well and deliberately within a rhythm, it is a blessing. Like screen time is a blessing from heaven. So yes. don't feel yes. bad. Totally. And one thing that I'll, I'll add to, and this is just, again, my, my experience that could be completely different from other people's, but um, I generally find that my kids behave really badly if they watch TV first thing in the morning. And so... Mm. It's not even based on principle. It's just based on um, knowing what works well for our family. We don't do TV in the morning. We don't do any screens in the mornings. So it's a very one-off thing if we do, mostly because I just don't want my kids to become little whiners. <laughs> they get into like, yes. TV zone and they just kind of shut down and um, and it makes it really hard to start the day. So I prefer just to not even mess with that at all in the mornings. And do you... I mean, do they know that's the expectation? Do they still ask for it? They How know, do you? I mean, they they know that you know. There's the very occasional you know Saturday morning where I didn't get good sleep or something, and I just will you know we'll do some sort of lazy Saturday morning. But for the most part, they just know we just don't really turn the TV on in the morning, and and that and that works well for us. And again, if if if, if re- listeners out there, if if watching TV first thing in the morning is awesome for you guys, I totally support that. Just wanted to give my two cents about what's what's worked for our family. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, so tell us a little bit more about, I know you are such like an adventurous spirit, which I love <laughs> about your feed. How do you bring some adventure magic into this summer schedule with your kids? <sighs> that's a good question. Well, I just, we love creating a big giant bucket list and we do it. We've got a big, huge chalkboard in, in the main living space of our house that's like five feet by four feet and we create our summer bucket list and it's kind of our tradition and we do it together as a family and our bucket list will have you know bigger things like family vacations on it um and then smaller things like running through the sprinklers or having root beer floats or getting a raspberry shake in bear lake or um doing tie-dye or doing a book club or just different things like that and that's been a really fun way for us to have kind of like small, I wouldn't even call them goals, but kind of like mini little goals to work towards checking off in the summertime. Um, but 
for me and my kind of like free spirit, I like that it doesn't, it doesn't tie us down to having to complete them by a certain time. It's just some fun, fun stuff that keeps us on track to give us fun things to do in the summer. And do you look at it and calendar stuff like at the beginning of the week no, or do you just go I with it? As- but like, yeah, I, I just, um, I absolutely love not looking at my calendar at all as much as possible in the summertime. So for us, we like to just kind of wake up and see what we're in the mood for kind of that day or that week. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of my friends, um, Lisa of thriving motherhood, the Instagram account, she's like, we always kind of joke back and forth with each other. Cause she like, doesn't like bucket lists. Cause she thinks they're like too free form. She likes like structure. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> so we're always going back and forth. She does like theme weeks for her kids. And this is totally awesome overachieving. And I love seeing what she does. They do like, um, science week or space week and she'll, wow. they'll go to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. They'll go to the, um, planetarium that week and they'll do a little craft with stars and they'll do these things. And I think that's a really fun idea. And I like that. Um, I did want to ask you about, so you do take your kids on adventures like hikes and you love being outdoors. Um, I wanted to ask you to talk a little bit about managing our expectations when we take our kids on (laughs) day trips or adventures. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good one. So we used to do things (laughs) past tense, like every, every Monday for, there was two, at least two or for two or three summers, every Monday morning we would wake up We'd go to Einstein Bagels. They do like this special. You can get like a baker's dozen of bagels for six bucks or something on Monday. So we go and pick up bagels and we go up to the mountains. And every Monday we would do a different hike. And I love starting our week off like that. And um, last summer we did it one time because I realized it's not working for our family anymore. My three-year-old wants to be carried the whole hike and my well, then 10 year old didn't want to participate anymore. And so that was a, that was a situation where I'm like, okay, I need to adjust my expectations, adjust my expectations and kind of regroup and make a different plan. So that's one side of it. Right. But then the other side of it is there are sometimes, I feel like this is my soapbox and I've shared about this before, but then there's other times I think where you're met with a lot of resistance from kids, but it's worth pushing through the resistance um, because you're gonna have a great time. And 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 so as a mom, sometimes it's it's easy to cave to kids who are like, you know, <laughs> really expressing their dislike for your idea. Um, and I think I think many many times it's worth being like, you know what, no. <laughs> I'm going to stick to my guns. We're going to get there. We're going to do it. And we're going to have a good time. And I find that the majority of the time my kids totally do and they have a great time and they don't want to leave after we get to the destination. So, so I basically just gave you two completely conflicting (laughs) points of view. (laughs) I don't know what you want to do with that, but (laughs) well, I feel like, um, seeing what happens once you actually get there, that's probably, 
because once you actually got on the hike and you saw that like Ivy wanted to be carried and your and your son was whining the whole time and you're like I think we outgrew this versus when yeah. you get there and you see that your kids are having such a great time and you're like oh I'm so glad I pushed through that resistance you know that kind yeah. of lets you know what is worth pushing through and what isn't yeah. um but yeah. I just loved like I love the idea of kind of expecting it to be hard again we talked about this at the beginning but um and not and managing your own thoughts with it like instead of spiraling when your kids are dragging out to the car and somebody doesn't have shoes on and somebody's crying and whining and it's so tempting as a mom to be like that's it I'm done you kids are the worst get back inside I don't care if you watch tv all day why do I try to do anything fun you know but to just stay in control of yourself and your thoughts and be like, this is going to be hard getting them out there, but we're going to have fun. Yep. Somebody forgot their shoes. Yep. I knew that was going to happen. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this, you know, and getting through it. So, but I also love, you've shared some real moments on your Instagram. Um, like a time when you ran from the house crying when, (laughs) when your kids wouldn't go along with your Easter morning hike. Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Those have a name. They're called Rage Runs. <laughs> rage Runs. Oh, I like that. In fact, I went on one this morning and my husband can see it in my eyes. Like, he's like, yeah, just go. And I'm like, <laughs> and you know what? I, after I go on my rage run, I come home and I've like diffused that, that boiling energy and You're things like, are better. Why would anybody do anything fun that I want to do? But your kids did go on that Easter morning hike, didn't they in the end? They totally did. And you know what? They had the best time ever. And you know what? It's probably one of those memories that's actually going to really stick with them. And they're not going to remember that they ruined my morning and made me cry. They're going to remember when we got to the top of the mountain and we had this sunrise devotional and we had this great time as a family. That's Mm -hmm. what they're going to be left with. And so those are the moments that it's worth pushing through to get to, right? Yes, totally. And I feel like that is a great way to end this episode um, with that vision of you on the mountain with your family, making it happen, making those memories. So remind us what your three takeaways are for how to have the best summer ever. Okay. First is to get up and get dressed. First thing. The second one is to troubleshoot and figure out what works best for your family and fix the problems before they start or nip them in the bud halfway through summer And the third one is to figure out a flow. And what was the other word we said? Rhythm. Rhythm, Mm -hmm. flow, schedule, framework that will work for your family for summer. Well, thank you, Jamie, so much for coming on and for sharing your wisdom. And tell everybody where they can find you if they want more of your good stuff. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Wander and Scout. And I would love for any of your listeners to come and follow along. And one of the things I love about the kind of community that we're building online is that I love that we're all reading each other's comments and learning from each other. And I feel like it's almost like, you know, the golden age of thought and ideas, especially as it applies to motherhood, because we can learn from so many other people. And and I love applying what my readers share with me into my own life. Thanks for everyone who follows along. I am so grateful to Jamie for sharing so many great ideas about how to have an awesome summer with our kids this year. 
She is a genuinely good person. I think you can tell that from this interview. She is an encourager of all women. So go find her at Wandering Scout on Instagram and follow along. And you guys, I have some exciting news. <laughs> With the kickoff of summer comes another exciting event in my life every year. And that's my birthday. Yes, it's my birthday week. And I'm turning 34 on Thursday, and I want to ask you guys to give me a gift. Am I allowed to do that? (laughs) Um, I was just wondering if you could leave a rating and review for the podcast if you haven't already. It would be the best birthday ever if I got to read new reviews about how 3 and 30 is making a difference in your family. So... Reviews are one of the ways that we help other moms to find this podcast because the more reviews there are on a show, the more likely it is to be seen in a podcast directory and the more likely a mom is to think, hmm, this one might be worth my while if she's browsing and looking for podcasts. So I don't ask for reviews every single episode because Honestly, it's hard to get all of the episode content into 30 minutes each week, even without a long extra message from me at the end. And I really do want the full 30 minutes each week to be of value for you. But every few months, I'll do sort of like a review drive where I ask listeners to come together and leave their reviews that week and hopefully get a whole bunch of new ones. And I figured... What better time to do that than on my birthday week? So if 3 and 30 has benefited your family life at all, go do it. And if you're not sure how to leave a review, there's a little tutorial on my Instagram, in in my Instagram highlights, or I bet you could do a quick Google search and watch a little video about it. I would so appreciate it. Right now we're at about 260 ratings And if we could get up to 300 this week, oh my gosh, I would be blown away. I would be so happy. So thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for your support in all the ways that you send it. And thank you for doing your best every week with your families.